Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing fine. Monday, Monday. Monday. Tell you. But I'm just wondering how the Senator John Cornyn's doing. I Uh-oh. wonder if he feels good about himself. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is an interesting thought because, you know, a guy like Cornyn, uh, you know, he pretends to be something and he gets away with it. And then all of a sudden he flips. And what I'm referring to, of course, was the uh, convention, the Republican convention in Houston this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. And he's been around a long time, long time senator. And. Uh, doesn't have trouble getting reelected, but I tell you what, uh, the people uh, were awake, and uh, because uh, just recently he switches, he really has joined the opposition in in uh, trying to water down the Second Amendment. Yeah, and uh, he he claims it's just uh, you know a little little bit of fairness and and you know taking taking the guns away from the bad people, but. The way the way these red flag laws work, the guns are taken away from the good people, and it makes an opportunity for the bad people to designate who's the, who are the guilty ones. So it is really bad. So the issue here was the red flag laws, and he's coming out and supporting of that, and uh, and uh, yet the people at the convention, the the hardcore of the Republican Party, uh, you know, they weren't too happy. Yeah, you know, with with this, and they had sanctioned them and all this. So, the, my, my, the the thought I had is, I wonder how, what a guy thinks about this way. He he's a he's a fake conservative. And then he goes and does something like this. Does he feel like ah, the time was right? I did my duty. I'm really pulling together the people that I really agree with, uh, or. Otherwise, he he had to he would have to be motivated for something like that because surely he would know by now he's not in, not befriending conservatives in Texas and there's a big conservative movement in, with uh, 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 with the conservative in Texas uh, where there's challenges with the Democrats. So it's it's it to me is so strange. Other than the fact that I think he is uh, the respect for John. Uh, has gone down greatly, uh, especially with anybody who declares himself a loyal Republican or a loyal conservative or a loyal constitutionalist. They'll say this is this is not not good, and they were expressing themselves. So that's that's good that that they did that. But uh, politically, uh, John Cornyn will be a good friend of McConnell's, yeah. and that may be one of the motivations is to see the see the signs coming that the Republicans are going to be more powerful in Washington than ever before. So he's joined up with McConnell because McConnell is a team player. So, <laughs> they, they, so he it looks like Cornyn has really he's been friendly with the team. But now he's going to be a, a close ally of the team. Well, you know, the, the old saying, never let a crisis go to waste, a good <laughs> crisis go to waste. And the tragic shooting on May 24th in Uvalde, Texas, was that crisis that, the, that not only the gun grabbers, but the people who hate due process. Uh, that, was, that was it for them. That was their chance to move ahead with their agenda, to take advantage uh, of the tragedy that happened for their own political agenda. And that was, uh, you know in the person of someone like John Cornyn. And according to the telling of what happened, uh, there was a Democrat senator, I don't remember her name, uh, but she went to McConnell and said, look, we need to get a compromise here going on this. Who do I talk to? And and, uh, McConnell said, go to John Cornyn. He's going to work it out. So now Cornyn has got this group of nine Republican senators. 
I would like to think that they're not reading the room very well, and I would like to think uh, that what happened in Houston over the weekend is an example uh, that Texas Republicans and, and nationwide Republicans, as they look and see the economic destruction, the attacks on civil liberties, that they might be waking up as well. But he was booed off stage, but he stayed on stage, but he was booed and booed and booed over this. And in fact, not only was he booed, but the, um, the, uh, the necklaces they wore that had Cornyn's name, he donated them, they threw those away. And they also, the Texas GOP passed a resolution, as you alluded to, rebuking Senator Cornyn over this compromise uh, on red flag laws. Um, and this is what it said in part, um, because, okay, this, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the main components of this are restrict gun purchases for those uh, under 21 uh, and bring in the background checks before they were 18. Uh, the other one is incentives for states to pass red flag laws. Uh, and the other one is giving a bunch of money away for mental health programs in the state. So spending. So here's what the Republicans did to Cornyn, whereas only... Those under 21 are most likely to be victims of violent crime and then therefore need to defend themselves, whereas red flag logs violate the right to due process and are a pre-crime punishment of people not adjudicated guilty, whereas waiting periods on gun purchases harm those who need to acquire the means of self-defense in emergencies such as riots, whereas all gun control is a violation of the Second Amendment and our God-given rights, we reject the so-called bipartisan gun agreement and re rebuke Senators John Cornyn, Tom Tillis, Roy Blunt, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, Bob, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, <laughs> and Pat Toomey. Uh, and they are the infamous 10 now who are trying to compromise uh, in Washington on this gun legislation. Yeah, the, the name of the game, you know, in, yeah. in Washington. Bipartisanship. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There you go again. Where'd you hear that? <laughs> so, but, you, <clears throat> you know, what uh, it really is the basis behind this incident and that what's happened with the Republican Party is, is the uh, uh, issue of red flag laws. Yes. And we have written and talked about this quite a bit because uh, it's it's the lack of due process. It's a, it doesn't it, it doesn't work through the court system. You don't have a jury, but you can be guilty and you can be denied your right to own a own a gun. And the worst part is is spy on your neighbor, punish a relative that you're in a fight with, and do all these things. And uh, they will designate that individual a danger. And uh, without a court hearing or a charge, uh, they're not guilty of a crime. They they might they may be guilty of uh, something, but but that's not the way we determine guilt. So this is uh, this is the be being used now, which is me mainly the one big issue the gun grabbers want to get past because because they know that it undermines the whole system of uh, the Second Amendment, yeah. and uh, and yet it is being passed off to the Cornyn people and the conservatives that this is just a token thing. This is a compromise. This is to get guns away from bad people and cut down on, on all the violence. So they use that as an excuse, but it's a much bigger deal than uh, th that we'll be hearing in, in the media about why you're going on. Cornyn is a good guy and he's just trying to work this out. And there's been a lot of killing. And yet he's not much open to our argument that we agree. These 
guns in this world today are so horrible. Why don't we do something about it? And the guns I'm talking about are the ones that governments wield yeah. the wars that they that they create. And that's that's where where the real problem is. And yet, uh, no, this is this is private citizen. The other thing that you know the the strongest gun grabbers are you know the far far left, and yet they're the ones who have the most protection, you know, from government guns and government protection one way or the other. And uh, they're the ones who can have their gated communities and have hired guns and uh, pseudo-government agents, and some of them are actually government agents who are protecting them. But uh, at least uh, the average person is very vulnerable to, uh, you, you know, a charge made, a, a casual charge, but a vicious charge that literally takes away the Second Amendment rights of an individual. And let's go to uh, this first clip, and that's just a, uh, this just shows the rebuke, if we can. Uh, Texas scorecard, Michael Sullivan, heard of that guy, I think. GOP resolution rebukes Cornyn, we already talked about it. There's the lanyards, I was looking for that word, Dr. Paul. There's the lanyards thrown out with Cornyn's name on it. And let's go to the second vote, because I think this is slate of hand, this is classic deception, uh, uh, subterfuge by the political class. This is Cornyn's own website. And he's bragging about being a tough guy. Cornyn, no national red flag law. As if he's a guarantor, he says, none of what we're opposing would create a national red flag law. Well, that's beside the point, because what they are creating, uh, and this is in the words of <clears throat> uh, Tillis himself, Senator Tillis himself, if we go to the next one, he's out and open about it. Our plan increases needed mental health resources improves school safety and support for students, and helps ensure dangerous criminals and those who are adjudicated as mentally ill can't purchase weapons. Um, what they do, Dr. Paul, is they provide incentives to the states to adopt red flag laws. And in regular English, that means bribes. Here's a bunch of money, you better pass that law, and that's exactly what they're doing. And Tillis himself was being dishonest there because there is no requirement that you be adjudicated uh, as a, a mental illness uh, to be affected by what they're doing. And in fact, um, red flag laws, uh, it, it, you, you already are prohibited from owning firearms if you have been adjudicated uh, mentally uh, ill or violence prone, what have you. That's already in place if you are adjudicated this way. No, they're looking for, and they've actually talked about it, they're expanding uh, the, uh, the reach of this to where just a casual boyfriend or girlfriend could have your guns taken away if they accuse you of being in an abusive relationship. Yes, this is a, a little more complicated than a lot of the laws that violate uh, the principle of a due process in courts. But I think this, this type of problem that we're having and these uh, red flag laws uh, the principle they're violating is a major infraction on our rights because you are guilty until proven innocent. And right now, we're living through something that's been gone, what is it, t close to two years or something? Yeah. That hundreds of people are in prison without due process. And, and what are they guilty of? They're guilty enough to be in prison. Now I'm talking about, you, you know, the uh, demonstrators on uh, January 6th. The insurrectionists. <laughs> yeah, those in insurrectionists. And uh, yet, yet uh, no, that, that to me is so bad. 
I mean, this is bad, and they got, these guns are bad, but it's the principle that is so bad. Yeah. Because if they can do it, you know, the uh, demonstrators, if they can do that with uh, somebody that uh, has a gun, and uh, the, the rights are taken away from you without the, without the due process, they can do pretty much every, anything they want. But I think a lot of good constitutionalist libertarians have, for years, have complained about guilt be, uh, uh, you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And that is the taxing authorities. I mean, just think of it, that's, all, that's your livelihood, that's your life. You know, this is your property. And uh, yet the government can take, take that away, your, and, and the government can tell you how much you can hold. If you make such and such a dollar, you, don't, you can't do anything unless the government tells you that a certain percentage of it you can spend, and then they regulate on exactly how to spend it, and certainly don't buy a gun with it or something yeah. like this. It goes on and on. But that, that is, and it'll be some other examples that we might mention as well, too, that uh, people, people are uh, you know, under threat of being charged with a crime, uh, and they have to prove themselves innocent. Some are a lot worse than others, but the principle is what's bad. And we'll see what happens. You know, he apparently, Cornyn at the end of the week last week, walked out of the negotiations with Democrats. That might be just a moment of drama, but apparently uh, there were disagreements. This is according to a piece in Yahoo News. There were disagreements over proposals to send money to the states that have red flag laws to allow authorities to temporarily confiscate guns from people who are deemed dangerous uh, by courts or by their partners. And you can imagine, you can see the horrible scenario, Dr. Paul, and I'm sure everyone has gone over it uh, who opposes this, but, you know, unfortunately, divorces can be pretty nasty things. You know, it's all kinds of stuff is out there on the table. And you can imagine that's one weapon that can be used against someone who hasn't been uh, convicted of any kind of crime, and they take away uh, the property they're confiscating. It's a violation of the Fifth Amendment, the Fourteenth uh, Amendment, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, it's, and, and this principle is used in other areas. One right now that is very, very dangerous to our liberties, and that is a regulation of speech. Hate, hate speech. You can be guilty of hate speech. Uh, and, you know, the founders <laughs> did not expect the First Amendment to say that we will, you know, decide what speech is good speech, bad speech, or, or you know, bad speech, or impolite speech, or whatever. And yet, the, if it's hate speech, uh, you know, that, that means that you can be deemed guilty of it, and they don't, uh, well, I don't know, there's probably times that, yeah, they block people up, uh, you know, like, a, uh, like an Assange, uh, yeah. Red Snowden, They're, they get locked up and, and, and punished for this because <clears throat> they have used their right of free, free speech. And uh, yet uh, the um, uh, other people, you know, will uh, be, be arrested. All this stuff through for uh, for COVID, you know, just free expression. Yeah. I mean, I I have a little bit of sympathy for the physicians that uh, are still fighting the battle of ability to to discuss reasonable disagreements or proposals in the science of medicine and turning that into a crime. You say, oh well, have they been put in prison? Well, yes, some have actually been uh, locked up because they said something on some technicality, but uh, they they be, they become they become guilty of that, uh, and that First Amendment right is taken away. So they've all they they were constantly on getting rid of the second, 
But I'll tell you what, the regulations and how they get around that and how the corporations are, are working in combination with the government to enforce these laws by punishing you with economic sanctions against individuals. So it is the principle of liberty that uh, our country uh, has uh, literally uh, uh, weakened on their understanding and the defense of. So that, that uh, to me, is it, it's difficult to uh, you know, promote a cause if your speech is regulated and also your right of self-defense is regulated and uh, it can be taken away without due process. Th those are very dangerous things. Yeah, indeed. Speaking of dangerous things, if I may segue, if we're ready to move into a, into a small, it's one of these small items that we bring up that actually could be a lot bigger than people realize. If you could skip over and put up that last clip, uh, and this is our, from our good friend Larry Johnson's website. I encourage people to read his site. He's a very, very insightful analyst, former CIA counter-terrorism um, counter, uh, officer. It's called the son of the New American Revolution. Lithuania may have lit the fuse on World War III. Uh, it didn't get a lot of uh, uh, it, it didn't get a lot of attention over the weekend, but you know there was a small enclave of Russia on the Baltic Sea. It abuts Lithuania and Poland, but is not connected to Russia, and that has to do with, of course, the breakup of the USSR, where Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia were part of the USSR. So this part of the former USSR is now part of Russia, and is separated by non-Russian borders. Uh, there was a there was a treaty in 1993, right after the breakup of the Soviet Union, where Lithuania agreed to provide for free passage of people and goods through its borders into Kaliningrad, uh, and that over the weekend Lithuania has revoked. They will not allow rail transport from Russia to Russia through Lithuania in violation of their treaty, and they cite sanctions from the EU. Uh, as a reason for doing this, the Russians have called uh, the Lithuanian ambassador to Russia in uh, to give a stern talking to and a written uh, request for more information. But this could be the little thing uh, that sets off a real conf conflagration uh, it, because this kind of blockade, uh, it's 50 percent of all their goods uh, goes through on this rail, uh, on this rail connection, and it's uh, now in, in danger. That by itself could be a minor incident because you could say, well, these two countries, they're arguing, they're talking about a treaty, and, and they should sort it out, the countries that are involved. But we can't say, you know, it's not a big thing, and we can't say, well, let's just ignore it. Uh, we don't have to have. We don't have to make it a federal crime. We don't have to call Congress in an emergency session. We don't have to decide. We know uh, right now, at least, we know uh, where, where we'll be. Our government, Republicans and Democrats, will be on the side, uh, you know, of NATO and uh, the European uh, countries. But uh, that's that's where where, where the. The real, real problem is, is that uh, we are going to be involved. Yeah. You know, it could be a minor thing. People, a, a matter of fact, if you, if we weren't involved to begin with, some of these things, people would be more hesitant. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe they'd have an incentive to work these things out. And evidently, they did. They were, you know, right after World War II. You know, they started traveling through there yeah. and. Uh, I didn't, um, uh, as I recall, and this is not scientific, that during during the World War II and all, and uh, we had friends that had had come from uh, fr from the Baltics, mm -hmm. and we we always assumed, well, 
they weren't Marxists. They yeah. weren't. They were a lot of the people were trying to escape from Stalin. You know, lived there. But all of a sudden now, uh, this whole mess is getting stirred up again. And I hope you're wrong that it's not the beginning of a disaster. Yeah. But that's that's the problem with it. And of course, none of this would have happened without NATO's giving the green light. Lit little plucky Lithuania would not have come up with this. And again, this is another great argument why we should ne have never expanded NATO in the first place and given them such power over war and peace <laughs> in this. So it's a, it's, a, it's a terrible, it's a dumb situation. Uh, it's probably an act of desperation because Ukraine, which is the project of the, of the left-wing hawks in Washington and the dummies in the EU, is not going according to plan so they're looking for desperate moves. I'm going to close out, Dr. Paul, with something that we probably should have talked about today because I watched this exchange over the weekend and I really enjoyed it. Somebody we know, somebody from Kentucky that we know, had a little talk with Fauci a few days ago, and it was about these royalties. And it, the scandal should have been a lot bigger, but these employees of Fauci and the others uh, were getting these big checks uh, on vaccines and different kind of medications that they approved or didn't approve. So they had this kind of incentive that I think borders on the improper, if not beyond, to only allow certain drugs to treat certain things, and you can't allow this one because there's no profit in it. And so here's Senator Paul to Fauci. Can you tell me if anyone on the vaccine approval committee ever received money from the people who make vaccines? Fauci, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them. That to me sounds like corruption. You know, hats off to Senator Paul for another zinger. Just that little exchange there tells you everything you need to know. But, but this, he, Fauci was probably telling the truth. They, were, they have no requirements yeah, to yeah, report yeah. this. Yeah. So this is the, the this is the way they operate. It's it's sort of built right into the system yeah. that the real protection. Uh, not perfect, but better than what we have, is if uh, pharmaceutical companies are doing bad things and people die from their mistakes or, or them making profits or whatever they're doing, that, uh, that they get exemption from the law. You can't even sue them. So this is it. So, so Fauci, I don't know whether uh, Fauci, he, uh, maybe Fauci ended up saying, I'll, I'll, I'll check on that and get back with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, but there it was. He's hit, he hides behind the regulations, and that's the way they do it. So you can't sue the companies. You can't sue the pharmaceutical company, and they just march right on. So uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a really a bad deal for the American people. No kidding. Well, I'm all done, Dr. Paul, if you want to close this out. Well, very good. And uh, I want to th thank our viewers for tuning in once again. And uh, we, we certainly think that uh, there's a lot to be grateful for and thankful for in this country. And uh, yet we talk a lot about the problems that we have. And I've uh, convinced myself, and I'd like to convince others, that that doesn't give us an excuse to be just downhearted and give up and totally negative. Because the one way you can look at this, as dumb as these things are that they do, and uh, how ridiculous it is, and uh, and how how wrong it is, and but the, the the information gets out, and when it does, the people do wake up, and they are starting to wake up. Because when they hear these stupid, stupid, ridiculous things going on, uh, you know, in, in the social order and what all oh, the economic order, the financial order, 
uh, more and more people will wake up and they are, to me, it's an opportunity for the people to wake up and say, why is it like this? And this is a chance for people to change their minds. And I think when things look bad, I say, ah, new converts, they're going to say enough is enough. And that is exactly the way that most of the COVID came to an end because people said enough is enough and we're sick and tired of it. We want to take care of our own needs and our own uh, views. And we don't need the federal government to practice medicine. And we vote against Dr. Fauci telling us how to take our medications and live within this system. What we need in this country, more liberty, more freedom, and a greater chance for peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.